0: This is the voice of Carnage, and you are listening to Carnage Cast.
1: Welcome to Carnage Cast. With me today are. Tyler. Chuck. Griff. Georg. And I'm Rod. And today we're going to do Autopsy of a Game on Lords of Waterdeep from Wizards of the Coast. This game is a worker placement game. It's a little different than some of the other games Watsi, board games WotC has put out, um, which are, are uh, Ravenloft, uh, The Legend of Dritz, and tend to be more dungeon delves. Uh, this but, one,
2: but still within the Dungeons & Dragons property.
1: Absolutely. Uh, anybody that's familiar with the Dungeons & Dragons knows the Lords of Waterdeep and the Forgotten Realms, uh, knows the city of Waterdeep and the Forgotten Realms. Uh, this, this game certainly has the, the theme of Waterdeep and has a lot of the feel of Waterdeep. But again, it is not a dungeon delve. It is a, a worker placement game. Each player works for a Lord of Waterdeep. They have their agents, and, and yes, technically they are lords of Waterdeep. Um, they will be given a secret Lord of Waterdeep that, that has secret victory conditions for them. Um, and they are Mer- the Moneylender, Peregrine the Paladin's son. I mean, people that we know from the D&D realms. The movers and shakers of the city. Exactly. And you are playing one of them, and you are sending your agents into the city, which hence the worker placement, your agents are placed. And they go to various places to recruit um, adventurers to complete missions. Subcontractors. Correct. Uh, they will go to various places. They will recruit magic users, warriors, rogues, or clerics to complete it. They're looking for adventurers to complete missions or adventures, quests, quests that they need to complete. They go to these various areas, uh, like the Fields of Triumph will get you warriors, the Grinning Lion Tavern is where the rogues hang out, Mm -hmm. Um, the Plinth is where the clerics hang out, and Blackstaff Tower is where the wizards hang out. Um, And they also, uh, you also go to various places to get money and other things that you may need. How the game is played is you have your agents. Everyone starts with two agents. You will get a third agent in the fifth round. It's played in eight rounds. And you send your agents out and collect. It's a set collection as well where you're collecting your adventurers. And each mission has a certain number of adventurers that you would need to to complete that mission.
2: The party, essentially, a Dungeon
1: Exactly. And you go to these taverns to get them. Everybody starts with two missions. Um, they could be anything. They are, there are various different types of missions. There's arcane missions. There are um, skullduggery missions. There are warfare missions. And there are uh, commerce missions. Need faith too? There is some faith missions, yes. And and, and as you can imagine, each one ha- needs um, more of one type of adventure. Like an arcana mission, which would be a magic user's mission, usually needs more magic users than anything else. Yep. A warfare mission needs warriors. A faith mission needs clerics and skillduggery needs rogues mm-hmm. commerce needs a, a good combination of everything depending on what you're doing and again you've got to collect these these adventurers and then send them out on their missions or quests um, or adventures however you want to do it for victory points and for other rewards so you you work a place you take your agents and you place them where you need to go and you get whatever is at the building like if you go to the fields of triumph you would get two warriors
2: yep represented by a colored cube Correct, correct. Which is a little abstract. Um, very euro, e- extremely euro.
3: Uh, some um, meeple's that you can get if you look on the board game geek uh, forums that actually have little uh, wizard, priest, and warrior uh, and rogue uh, meeple's that actually can liven up the game a little.
1: And, and actually, I just ordered a, a set of them for mm-hmm. my game uh, because they are very cool looking. It's uh, I forget the gentleman's name that's doing it but uh, he's from Canada and, and they look fantastic. They look like warriors, rogues, clerics, and uh, magic users.
2: Are those wooden meeples or plastic? They are wooden. Ooh. They are wooden. He,
1: he carves them out and uh, cuts That's them impressive. Out. They are they are They are very cool looking. Uh, I wish I had them here now, but I don't. Um, but they supposedly, I will be getting them eventually.
2: Uh, On a very special then, episode. Looks like it comes with some meeples. It actually does
1: come with meeples. Those are your agent meeples. Um, do, it's a five-player game. Your agent meeples are just your standard meeples uh, oh. and they're, the, they're the, the workers you place at the various places. Now, the, the, what you do on a, on a given turn is you, you place a, a agent, collect what you need from the building or from the area where you've gone, and then you have an option of completing a quest if you have the correct sets collected. For example, I'm looking at one right here, an Arcana quest, which is called Expose the Wizard Spot." The Red Wizard Spies. Anyone knows the Red Wizards are, are part of um, the Forgotten Realms?
2: Mm-hmm. From... Yeah, the Mage Ark of Three of Day.
1: Right, exactly. And their spies are in Waterdeep. So your, your quest or your mission is to expose their spies in Waterdeep. Now to do this, it requires one cleric, one warrior, two rogues, two... Um, magic users, and two gold. And I also, in these various places, there's the, uh, there's the banks and the other shops where you can collect money mm-hmm. and other things that you may or may not need to go on the thing. So if I were to place my guy and uh, my agent into, uh, say, Blackstaff Tower, get a wizard, and that's the last wizard I need to complete this quest, I could then go ahead and complete the quest. I turn in all of my adventurers and the money that needed to complete the quest. Then the quest has a reward, and the reward in this quest, in particular, is the, the expose, for exposing the red wizard spies. I'm going to get 20 victory points
2: mm-hmm.
1: and an intrigue card. Now I haven't talked about intrigue cards. Intrigue cards are action cards that you collect as you collect quests. Um, you can get intrigue cards, and then you go, you play them, and they do they do a lot of various things. They they uh, they allow you to collect additional adventurers when you're a certain place um they may allow you to ambush someone else's adventurers and take them from a tavern that they're at they also may give you money they give you lots of various things there's also some that are called mandatory quests and you play a mandatory quest on someone else and that's a quest that they have to complete before they complete any other quest that they have and usually it's to slow someone down Mm -hmm. to play these cards you go to Waterdeep harbor which is one of the areas and you play the cards Um, One of the interesting things about Waterdeep Harbor, which is another area on the board you can go to, is when you go there, after you've played your card and after everybody has finished their turn, as you're placing these one at a time, you then come out of the harbor and go to any open spot on the board, which allows you basically an extra turn. You play your card and then you get another turn. The other thing that you can do in the game uh, on your turn is is a certain spot called Builder's Hall. There are other buildings. Obviously, there are eight different areas you can go in Lords of Waterdeep. Builder's Hall allows you to build other buildings which give you other places to go. Um, And when you build a building, you place the building and you place your marker on it. And then there are, in the buildings, there are other things you can get, you can get more adventurers or you can do various things. Like say the House of Good Spirits is one of the buildings. It has a cost, it costs a certain amount of gold, three gold in this case when someone goes there they will get a warrior and one of any other adventurer but the owner the person that built it will get a warrior at that time too mm-hmm. so it's it's advantageous to build the buildings and that you will get something even if someone else uses them yeah
2: recognizing the buildings that other people are going to want to use correct
1: exactly again another very euro game mechanic in that you know you've got it some are better than others some will never get used so you have to kind of keep track of that and the last area, I mean, I've, I've told you about the, the, the adventure areas. Um, one of the last, well, there's two last areas. There's there's the cliff watch in. Cliff watch in is where you go when you are running out of quests and you need to get more. There will always be quests up. You can always look at quests. Um, there will be four up at any given time that you can look at and take. Mm-hmm. And so you go there and you get a new quest. And then you try to fill that quest. There is no limit to the number of quests you can have. Uh, there's no penalty for not completing them during the game. The only penalty is obviously you're not going to get the reward, and the rewards, you know, they vary from very low four points or whatever to like a twenty or twenty-five point. Like expose the red wizard spies is is a twenty-point quest.
2: Right, but th- those are sort of balanced against the the low points are easier to score. Absolutely, so someone can pile those up while someone else is working on their Correct. twenty points.
1: Correct. Some of them are much much easier to score. Like, uh, one here is, this is a piety, or a faith quest. Produce a miracle for the masses, where you only requires two clerics and four gold, but it, the reward, the point reward, is only five.
2: Who do miracles
1: are so costly? Well, you know, you got to pay a little money to get a miracle. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you're going to be playing a Lord of Waterdeep, and everyone has a secret Lord of Waterdeep that they're dealt at the beginning of the game. And I'll start with one that everyone probably recognizes. One of the more famous ones in, in Waterdeep is Mert the Money Lender. And they have Secret Victory Conditions. So if I were dealt Mert, his Secret Victory Conditions is that at the end of the game I score an extra four points per Commerce Quest or per Piety or Faith Quest um, that I've completed. So I'm going to be trying to complete Commerce and Piety Quests. Now if someone figures out that this is what I'm doing, they're going to try to get them out of there. Again, it's, it's a Euro mechanic where... But it's in secret; no one knows that I'm actually working for Mert, the moneylender, or am Mert, the moneylender. Mm-hmm. However, you prefer. And at the end of the game, I will have a certain number of points, and then I will score more based on the the number of commerce and piety that I uh, quests that I've completed. So it's a strict victory point game, and each each of the lords has a secret um, ability or a secret victory point, like Namara Shiron. Hers is uh, at the end of the game. You score for each commerce quest and scale request. quest. Uh, there's one that's uh, scores the buildings. Scores right? the buildings. On Larissa Nathal. At the end of the game, you score six for each for each building you control. So again, there's there's an advantage to building buildings if you control her. Like any euro, lots of paths to victory, lots of ways to do it. You can ignore what your what your uh, your lord secret ability is or secret scoring is and just try to score as many 25 points as you can and not worry about it at the end mm-hmm. you can score low ones and try to you know just score the ones that your lord needs to score extra points at the end and come from behind and win very very well balanced game and again a, a lot of fun and, and the, the thing that gets me that that appeals to me in this game is um is the fact that that it is a, it is your a very Good worker placement set collection euro type game, with a theme that is is well known by a lot of people and and uh, I've played this many times with people and they just love the theme as well, mm-hmm. which is in it's it goes away from what what Wizards of the Coast has been doing with Ravenloft, with Legend of Dritz, with Wrath Wrath of Ash- Ashardalon, and their dungeon delves.
3: And, it's a really good use of the theme that takes it into basically a worker placement game, and brings that into uh, maybe before n- new fans and stuff of gaming, I and mean, maybe introducing a tool worker placement game from all the D&D players.
2: Yeah, it's, it, they've created an overlap zone where yeah. people who weren't necessarily interested in tactical dungeon delving learn about the mm. uh, the Forgotten Realms.
1: Right. Or, or people that, that enjoy uh, the D&D and have never really played a worker placement or a Euro-type game, enjoy the theme, and that they really enjoy this type of game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played with people that know Waterdeep. I've played with people that don't know Waterdeep that well. And they all enjoy it the same. So, Definitely, I think Wizards of the Coast has hit a home run with this one. They've, it's a nice, simple, light game. Plays in a, a, a little over an hour um, at most, even with five players, which is the max. Excellent game.
2: I like how speedy it was the one time I played because. My patience tends to wear with worker placement after the sixth or seventh, plac- seventh placement, so this, this was a, a good amount of time, I thought.
1: Right, right. And, and it, it's, it's a trend in gaming, I think, in these shorter worker placement games that only take
2: like an hour to an hour and a half and, and are excellent games, move quick. Recognizing that modern gamers no longer have the mighty buttocks of yore for six-hour games,
1: it's true. It's true. They're still out there, you know. We we can discuss other ones, and I'm sure in future we'll, we'll discuss other games that take longer, say, uh, Fantasy Flight's re-imaging of Dune, Rex, which can take you know four or five hours, um, it can also take three or two. But for the most part, this is the way gaming is going, and board gaming is going, in my opinion, and, and uh, towards these shorter games that um take a little less time to play but are still have quite a bit of strategy and thought to them Mm
3: -hmm. well they did a really nice job i mean with the basically spots where you put your agents or workers there's a good variety out there there's good choices to make in every turn you know each time it comes around to place one of your dudes on the board you know you got to figure out what's good for you sometimes you have to react because uh those vile other players are putting people where you want to put them and there's always a choice to make, which is uh, makes, keeps that you engaged right to the end of the game.
1: Right. And like other Euros, it, you're limited in your actions. You only have two agents mm-hmm. to place per turn. Now, there are obviously um, until the fifth turn when you get a third agent. But obviously, there are, there are ones that give you extra turns or extra moves. And, and in that advantageous, the cards give you advantages um, in that you can play the card, get an advantage, and then play out of water deep harbor later. So yeah, it, it's it's got a, it's got everything you would need, uh, good deeper strategy than you would think, and a great theme.
2: Mm-hmm. The first time I played, the only time I played, I I was really taken away with the theme because I'm you know a, a role playing nerd and I like fantasy and all that fun stuff, and I and I and I came away from thinking that was a fun game, but I don't know if I'd like it the the, the sixth seventh or eighth time out because it ultimately boils down to meeples and cubes. But you you you've played it a lot, have you?
1: Yeah, I've i played it like eight or nine times now, and and uh, I enjoy this type of game. Anyways, uh, meeples and cubes are fine for me. Mm-hmm. That being said, there's still always, you know, the theme always comes through. You know, you're always talking about warriors or, or wizards, and like like you know, like Chuck said. Um, the when I get the other meeples, they'll be it'll even be even better, I think. Because I think the, that'll help a lot. Because get the meeples.
3: Yeah. You play with some Euro gamers, and it comes down to just orange cubes or purple cubes, and I actually find that a little tedious and boring myself. Eventually, I mean, I like the worker placement games. I like just the placing the cubes and stuff on certain positions and getting the strategy and stuff out of it. But uh, theme will always win for me. And getting the meeples, I think, will make a very good game. Just more fun to play for longer,
2: right.
1: mm-hmm. I you know, and, and and you play with people that that know Waterdeep, and they're you know they know the lords that they're talking about and they're talking about like the grinning lion tavern they you know in a, in another gaming life they've played an RPG where they've been at that tavern or whatever. It was a wizard there handing out quests right, exactly, and and those are the people that I really enjoy playing this game with because they understand the theme as well. And it's it's more fun when you know when you have warriors and clerics and and mages and you're referring to them that way, uh, not just as orange cubes or black cubes. Yeah. For me, every time I play, it's it's always fun because you know there's always something that you can do that you know adds to the theme.
2: Yeah, that, that was something that I, I hit. I noticed in my play was that even when the, the board was full, there was usually something that was worthwhile to do. It was never that instance where right everything right. useful is gone
1: yeah and, and like typically you may not be exactly what you wanted to do but there's always something to do mm-hmm. and and as the buildings like i said as the buildings come out from the builder's hall there's more and more to do and actually you have to make more and more uh decisions the further the game goes the other thing that that about this game is like i said it's it's only about it is it is only 8 turns long so there will only be 8 turns which is another mechanic that's come out in a lot of of newer games a limited time period Mm -hmm. Um, you only go eight turns and then the game is over you count up the points and it's done and for everybody
3: that really is you know only 20 actual moves usually unless you have something special going on over the entire course of the game which is just 20 picking one agent putting it on one spot on the board and doing exactly what that spot says so it's real quick easy and not very complicated once you uh get it down
2: yeah there's not a lot of resource interaction you you, mm. you get you gain the adventurers and the adventurers go off on the thing and you get your victory points for it it's not like yeah. i gotta turn ham into bacon and then turn the bacon into a package and take it to the market right which you're talking like
1: a lahab or a or an agricola or something like that where you, you get something you change especially where you get something you change it into something and there's certainly something to be said for that type of game but this game is very nice, very easy, uh, simple to play, especially with people that don't normally play board games. And I found a lot of like like you, Tyler, that are that are primarily role players really
2: like this game just because of the role playing aspect or the role playing theme that goes with it. Mm-hmm. So is this something that might turn that people might turn to on a night when the RPG group couldn't get
3: together or not enough of them? I think some RPG groups have. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard of uh, role players actually playing. Having picked this up and buy it. You know, you walk through some stores, you know, some of the bigger chain stores that carry wizard stuff, uh, like a Barnes Noble, or somebody may have this and it'll be right next to the role playing games.
2: Yep. And well meaning family members who recognize the words Dungeons and Dragons may snag it as a gift, even yep. though they don't know.
3: Which actually would be a right choice for once. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean,
1: like I said, I played this with role players and they, and they enjoy this game.
0: For me, actually being a miniatures player, i would I would like to see probably meeples or figures instead of wooden blocks, but the game from what you guys have explained so far, I would almost want to try to use it as a campaign generator for for role play mm-hmm. I mean you could certainly do that oh. Um, as well as it being its own standalone game. Well, but you
3: absolutely could do that with the buildings and stuff like that. As a GM, and the, and you the, could lay out the town and everything like that and just yeah. have the map and say, where are you going in here? And these are the building choices that are available today that are open or whatever.
0: Run, running it as a campaign mm-hmm. for a role-playing group, uh, I just think that would be a very interesting sort of a thing. And the fact that it's only eight turns and, you, as Chuck pointed out, 20 moves... That could be a, a cycle. So if your you know, role-playing group hasn't finished their campaign or their particular adventure, mm-hmm. well, sorry, you come back to be paid and that merchant's gone. Sorry, yeah. um, you don't get paid. But that that could be very interesting. Looking at the board and having not seen it set up and having not played it and having not played a bunch of worker placement Euro games – you actually don't move around like you would with... Uh, I'm trying to think of other games that I've played, like uh, Pirate's Cove or... No. You you, you actually don't move from a, one spot to another. No, they... The other thing that I see is I really love the map because I'm, I'm also a map guy, mm-hmm. but it's very difficult to see where things initially are supposed to be placed for me. Mm-hmm. I think maybe... And, and this isn't an, a major criticism, but maybe these spots for the buildings around the edge. And again, not knowing exactly how this works. Maybe once it's actually in action, I would understand it more. But I would like to see these. I, I would have probably highlighted these a little bit darker in color so that they'd stand out more.
2: Yeah, and, um, they, they do blend into the background. They just sort of,
0: everything sort of blends into the background. I can, I can see the spots where the meeples should go. But um, uh, again, like I said, I just not not hundred percent familiar on how it works, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe it's much better once the game is actually in progress. Uh,
1: well, I think you bring up a few a few points. Um, uh, the the map is actually the map of Waterdeep, obviously. Yeah, and that's
0: very cool. And I mean, cool. I, I like that. But there are it's a s- there little, are
1: too dark. Yeah, there are some aesthetic things. Um, the building spots, there's only a certain number of building spots. It does not limit you. You can build more buildings than are, there are spots for them. But you can build a suburb. Right. You're, build, you're basically building around the city. The other thing I don't think I mentioned, and like I, I, I forget this all the time because I am a Eurogamer, is that when you go to a spot, you fill up that spot. Yes. Like If I go to the, the Grinning Lion Tavern to get two rogues, no one else can go there.
3: Yeah. And the board actually makes that very easy because there's one spot, one spot. that has a meeple icon on right. each of the building locations. Right. Uh, except for the sp- few spots like the uh, Clift Watcher Inn and the Waterdeep yeah. Harbor, which Can't allow for multiple have, placements. It can have three
0: players. Yeah. Correct.
2: Yeah. And even then, okay. you, you can still know where you, how available that place is because the, the meeple spots are slowly covered. Very, very, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're putting your meeple right there. You're, you're agent. And
3: you're even right the buildings that we buy and put along the edge of the board... Have a spot for the meeple that's going to go in there and use the power of the right. building. And a spot that
1: tells you who owns that building. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that works. Yeah. But I, I find it interesting that, that you would use it as a, as a kind of a campaign. Generator? Generator, yeah. I was looking for the word. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I,
0: I think it would be an interesting thing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And just, you know, I'm just kind of thumbing through some of the, some of the cards Quests that you can go on, and there's, you know, Recruit Paladins for Tear, or Confront Xanthar, which is one of the beholders that lives beneath Waterdeep. Train blade singers. These are actually things you, you could do in, an, in a role-playing game as well. I mean, you draw a card and say, okay, today we're going to recruit Paladins for Tear. How are you going to do that in Waterdeep? Mm-hmm. So you could combine games, and, and I'm sure there are RPG groups that have.
0: Also, having once been an RPG, heavily into RPGs and a, and a GM, what a what a perfect uh, opportunity to generate some scenarios. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely,
3: absolutely. And uh, I mean, this game came out a couple months ago, and it was had an amazing response. I mean, so many people bought it, and it sold out in its first round. Through people, we played it. I don't know five times in, the in like the week. first week. Mm-hmm. You know, in what and among playing some a few other games too, but it kept getting pulled to the table because people just loved it so much just the gameplay
1: and it still gets pulled to the table because Mm -hmm. it does only take about an hour Mm -hmm. a little over an hour and what since most of our gaming group that plays uh, has played it we don't have to teach it we just lay it out an hour later we're done we pick it back up move on you know something to do it either at the beginning of a gaming session or at the end um, when you're looking for something a little lighter and something that everybody knows how to play,
2: yeah. When I was at PAX East this year, I, a lot of people were carrying copies around. I, I, I think it was sort of a, an alternative choice for people who were waiting in line for the Dungeons and Dragons encounters games. Yeah. So they had that sort of. Well,
1: that's interesting that it was RPG, more RPG players that
2: were carrying it around. I, I don't know who the people carrying it were, but I think it was. It was part we... of Wizards of the Coast's overall marketing push. It was like, oh, well, you're waiting for an encounter. Try this. Right
1: no i know i've played their other games you know uh, wrath of our shroud and, and legend of dritz in particular and they're excellent games but they're not like this they take longer to set up they take longer to play
2: it's a different kind
1: it's of a game. totally different
3: time yeah the dungeon game. dwells or adventure you know you're going out on adventure and wrath or whatever and...
1: right more of a descent or a, uh, something like that yep and i'll be honest when i first saw that they were coming out with this i my my thought was another dungeon Delve. i was uh went into triple play and and sat down, they were playing this, and I was like, wow, this is really very different, and I, I really liked it, really liked it. Not that I don't like the Dungeon Delves, I do, but they have their place and time.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I think Wizards has done an amazing job, the choices that they've made with the uh, board games they've come out with, uh, you know, Conquest of Narath I think, was oh, a really yep. fun game. Absolutely. Again, uh, another different type of yeah, game. There's a few people that had some, you know, worthwhile complaints about it, but I've had fun every time I've played it, and, you know, and the Dungeon delve games are good, so...
2: And now they have this. Now they have this, of... which is different as well. Yeah, they really started focusing on sort of their core brands to use for marketing speak instead of, you know, having Rocketville and uh, the other one. Right.
1: Well, the other thing this does is, is, is board gamers that may not be familiar. I mean, I, like like Griff, I used to play RPGs extensively when I was younger mm-hmm. um, and moved into board, more board gaming um, just because of the time it takes to set up a, a, a role-playing campaign. But people that never played role-playing games and played basically board games are now introduced to a, a role-playing world mm-hmm. and a genre that may make them interested in, hey, you know, I really like this theme. I really like Waterdeep. You know, where else can I find out more about this? Obviously, they have the Forgotten Realms and the Waterdeep books that go yeah. along with it. The many, many, many novels. Many, many. And I own many, many from, you know... Uh, second
2: edition on up. Gaylord, you were shaking your
0: head. I oh, don't no, I'm just thinking about. Uh, you know, I I never got into Dungeons and Dragons. I have never played any of the games, and I don't think I would. Anyways, this looks like it could be fun though. Mm-hmm. But yeah.
3: Well, the Forgotten Realms uh, world was awesome, straight fantasy. I mean, yeah. it just it was just uh, a well, delightful yeah. world to go and play in.
1: Yeah, I, I really think
2: the Coast has done a nice job. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a new game, so people can still find it easily.
3: Absolutely. It uh, came out probably March. Yeah, something about that was the first March, round. And then uh, Then it was uh, sold out for a while. Then they came out with a, another run. It seems like it's pretty available now. Mm-hmm. And
1: it's still readily available in most stores, um, your local gaming store. And also, like Chuck said, it's also available like Barnes & Noble or Books A Million bam. Um in places near the, the where they sell
3: uh, the d stuff. d I mean, stuff. Yeah. You know, in the general market. Yeah. So it's. uh,
1: So it is readily available right now. And it's, I think it's got about a $50, $45 price it's probably tag. Probably
3: a $50 retail, something like that. Uh, it's got a lot of nice wooden,
1: well, they're cubes. And it does have some meeples, obviously, your agents. Yeah. Um, it's, it's got a lot of pieces to it. I think there's like uh, about 150 cards between the quests and the intrigue cards. It's mm-hmm. um, a nice thick cardboard buildings. Yep, very robust. Um, and the and the money is actually very thick and robust. It's cardboard, but it's you know it's yep. it's uh, it's gold.
2: And I like that it's, they have square coins, which makes it easier to right. pick up them with, the, around with holes in the middle of them. Yeah. yeah. The
1: pieces and and the parts are are excellent quality as well, and the, and the board is nice. You know, I can see what Griff is saying about the outside, but the inside, I think the map of Waterdeep is kind of your typical map of Waterdeep that you would see in.
2: Yep. And the the, the the center of the map is certainly easy to pick out the elements, and I think Griff is right. Maybe it would have been helpful if they'd taken the same way they outlined where meeples go and used it for building locations. So they can yeah. help pick things out. Yeah.
1: And I think the art on the cards is excellent, too. It's not your standard uh, Wizards of the Coast or TSR fare. Um They've gone out and gotten some more art. I mean, some of it is the same as, as you've seen before, but uh, a lot of their art is, is is a little different than some of the stuff you've seen and used before.
2: Yeah, they're not just reusing, right? The, the Which old, the Monster Manual
1: pieces, right? Which has been a knock on TSR and Watson you know, when they come to their D and D stuff. Sometimes they reuse reuse their art. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Let's play. <laughs> I think that's the ultimate uh, verdict right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll gladly set it up. So in general, uh, I think this is an excellent game, a good game to get people in, involved in gaming, uh, easy to play, nice Euro worker, and a good game to um, uh, introduce people to RPGs as well if, if they're interested at all. I mean, they can go and find more information on Water Deep and uh, D&D in general. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been another Autopsy of the Game. I want to thank everyone that, that helped us out today, uh, Griff, Tyler, Chuck, and Gaylord. Um, so, go out, check out Lords of Waterdeep. Let us know what you think. Thanks.
0: You've been listening to Carnage Cast, a production of NNEG LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit us at www.carnagecon.com.